This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. I am your host, James Seltzer. I am annoyed because it's late and the Phillies were winning all game and now they're losing 8-6 to six and Sean Doolittle's in here with his stupid glasses, stupid beard. This is the second take of this podcast because Jack Fritz screwed up the first one. I'm, I'm annoyed right now and I'm not going to lie. But, but, but... The Phillies did win the series. They've won four straight series. They're losing 8-6 right now. They're probably going to lose because Sean Doolittle is really good. But at least things are good right now other than, than you know, the annoyance of it being late and Jack Fritz m- messing up a far better open the first time around. Fritzy, what's going on, buddy? It was like 30 seconds. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> but it was brilliant. It was 30 seconds of gold, Jack. Um, I was doing really well. I was very excited. Uh, I was... <laughs> I was tweeting, bring on the Yankees. Yeah, you blew it for everybody. Yeah, I think that's so stupid. And I got idiots in my mentions like, oh, look what you... Shut up, man. Just shut up. Like, let me live my life. I was excited. Like, just shut up. <laughs> and and then, like, I don't understand why Gabe used used Edebrise so early tonight. Like, Edebrise been your second best reliever for a month now. And the fact that you're using him in a 6-2 game in the sixth inning just seemed pretty stupid. I didn't like that one bit. And and then he uses Austin Davis in like the biggest moment of the game. It's like, what are you doing, Gabe? Like Austin Davis just got brought up last week and he stinks. Like what are like what are we doing? Uh and then obviously Sir Anthony comes in. He walks Juan Soto to get to Daniel Murphy and Daniel Murphy makes them pay. But the, everyone's like freaking out about the Juan Soto thing, but it's like a pick your poison. Either you're pitching to their best hitter or you're facing a guy that's batting one seventy five on the year. It's a it's a pick your poison kind of thing. I didn't hate the decision. Obviously, it didn't work out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. What do you What do you think? I was fine with the decision. Juan Soto has been a way better hitter than Daniel Murphy so far. And I know Murphy just got back from injury, but Juan Soto is awesome. That dude is so he good. He really is. He's so impressive. I, I would have done the exact same thing. Murphy hasn't looked great since coming back from the DL. I think tonight was actually his first multi-hit night since returning. So, yeah, I was fine with that decision. I, I agree with you. I think the much... Much more criminal decision was sticking Austin Davis in the game at that spot. I, I don't know why you um, why you would think to go to Austin Davis. But like you said, he hasn't been very good and also has not been a part of the bullpen long. Gabe seems to do that where he'll throw some guys in just because he has them. We've seen him throw Jake Thompson into some weird big spots, even though Thompson now no longer on the squad. It's just he, he sometimes has some really strange decisions, and maybe it's based on rest and this and that and certain guys. But look... Ultimately, uh, while that was frustrating, you know, you hope that you got to a spot where Sir Anthony could lock it down. He couldn't tonight. 
And I, I, it's, it's just a frustrating loss, especially because it's so late. They have the rain delay. Everyone's staying up to watch. You feel good. You're winning the whole game. But I, I do think, look, I, I, I'm negative because I'm tired and I have to wake up early for work tomorrow. But I, I, on the whole, I think you have to take a, a real positive away from the weekend. Obviously, the 12-2 to win on Friday was was just awesome. Uh, early 2 nothing lead for Washington. And then the Phillies just pound away with 12 straight runs. The Saturday win, a nice one as well. Nola wasn't his best, but was certainly good enough, and the bullpen actually holds there. Some big hits. Mike Kelfranco comes through with a few big hits for the first time in a while, and uh, the pen certainly better. But then tonight, a frustrating kind of bittersweet end note to the series. When you look at the series as a whole and, and kind of the way they've been playing the four straight wins, the loss from tonight, I'm assuming, doesn't damper your overall enthusiasm about the team right now. No, I'm I'm really excited about the team. I'm really uh, it just felt like they, they they've been turning a corner and they're starting to feel like a young team that actually believes that they're good for the first time in a while. Like you have a double out in the first step, cheering guys as they're running into the dugout. They 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 Hoskins, they showed a lot more uh, him in the dugout, which I thought was really cool after his homer. It feels like a young team that's starting to think, hey, we're we're pretty good, and I think that's important for a young team because like a Rod or someone mentioned mentioned it tonight. Like the longer they stay in this race, the more that a young team begins to believe that they're actually this good. And it makes a team like the Nationals, who are established and, and everyone thought they were going to run away with the division, it makes them start to worry a little bit. And when teams start to press a little bit, it's not a great situation. Like, watching this Nationals team this weekend, it looks like they're having no fun. Like, they look like one of the, most, the, the, one of the least fun teams uh, playing baseball right now. They just look like a miserable team. They're old. And sometimes you just see the beginning of the end of a team that's ran the deck, ran the, the division for a long time, and it kind of feels that way with this Nationals team. It's a bunch of like overpaid old guys. It's weird, but then they have Juan Soto, so it kind of takes away the whole argument. Yeah, no, I, I definitely go. I get what you're going for, and and it's also hard to judge a Nationals team that is throwing out Eric Fed and Jeffrey Rodriguez with one F. Who the hell spells Jeffrey with one F? But. Um, yeah, I, it, I think this is certainly the beginning of the end, as it were, for this this iteration of the Nationals team. I don't think Bryce Harper is going to be there next year, first and foremost. But like you said, I mean, look, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, they've got some guys in the minors still. They're still there, but I, I think you're seeing the Braves and the Phillies kind of start to to make their runs, and with all the talent each of those teams has already on the major league rosters and on the minor league rosters, I think that's where the division is headed, but I also think you make a great point about this young team believing in themselves. I've been I've been talking about that really all season with with the hot start and how I didn't really care that they were beating up on bad teams, you know, that, that was the whole excuse people had because they were winning games and they were building confidence and they were, you know, had comeback wins and they were coming through in big spots and and I'm a big believer in reps in anything in life. Whatever you do, I think you're better at it if you get reps and if you get the opportunity to to practice it in, in high leverage situations, as it were, whatever your job is. So I, I think for this team to get these opportunities, to get these reps in these types of games and these types of spots has been really big for them. And I think we're seeing them grow as the season goes on and and also, we've talked about this kind of resiliency we've seen from them all season. And now, a stretch of baseball where we come into the month of June, Jack, that was supposed to be the, the gauntlet 
for this team. And they've won, you know, they've won four straight series against legitimate playoff contending teams. The Rockies, clearly the worst of those teams, but the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Nationals, all those teams fighting for a playoff spot, you know, probably still in September. So what do you make of where the Phillies stand in the National League right now? Obviously, after this game, they will be a half game up on the Nationals, assuming Sean Doolittle closes out here. They'll be a half game up on the Nationals in the uh, the wild card race. And then um, uh, still about, th- what, two and a half back at the Braves in the division. Where do you... What do you think about the rest of the National League? Is it shaping up heading into the month of July? Well, I mean, the the, the Nationals just turned two ridiculous plays to to stop the Phillies here in the ninth, which is very frustrating. So I'm walking into this with a very frustrated angle. Um, I think they're they're cl- they've cleaned up a lot of their mistakes recently. Um, the errors in, they weren't a huge problem this week. Like I don't I don't remember any any big time error that really came back and cost them in any game. Um, they've been pitching pretty well, uh, and the hitting—it's finally starting to to bear fruits. They're, they're, they've been working a lot of pitchers. Um, they're, they're starting at big big hits. They are they're scoring more runs finally. It feels like more of a complete baseball team. I know the last couple podcasts have been like, I don't know why they're winning games, but now it's starting to look more like a more competent baseball team. They're starting to look better and better and better. And if they get some actual bullpen pieces that they can rely on in, in big spots, then they're, 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 a force, they're not a force you reckon with, but they're a much tougher opponent as it, as it comes down the home stretch here. Because right now, I mean, Sir Anthony is great, but they're using him a lot, and he got hit around tonight, and he's never going to be perfect. Like, that's just not realistic. Other than him, it's still like, you know, you, you cringe every time Tommy Hunter comes in. You cringe every time Adam Morgan comes in. I feel pretty good about Ed Abri, but... I don't know. Until they get a really lockdown, not lockdown, doesn't have to be lockdown, but guys they can they can confidently go to in a bullpen. It's tough to say they're one of the best teams in the NL, but I think they're a very they're a good team that's improving. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to say it. I think look, from an offensive perspective, they've shown that you know, we we, we talked a lot about that stretch of baseball where Jake Arietta called the team out and and you know, can they hit and missing Reese and how important that was since Reese has been back, the offense has, has pretty much gotten going from that moment of Dubles locked in again. Reese is clearly locked in. So I think they've shown that with those three guys, Santana being the third and then Cesar leading off the line, that they can score runs. They can be a competitive team from an offensive perspective. And and the pitching has held up for the most part. You know, no, not quite as hot ace as the start was. But, uh, you know, look, again, a nice outing from Nick Pavetta tonight, only five innings due to the rain delay there, but really, yeah, um, but you know, gotten a little trouble. And, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Pavetta's been great, and, and Nola has been really good to great all the time, and Velasquez has been better more often than not. Arietta's the guy that we worry about right now, and and look, who, who would think Zach Eflin would be the, the, the king of June? All that guy does is win games in the month of June, but quickly on the hitting before we look over the pitching side because – I do think that, and the defense has been more sound lately. I've, uh, Scott Kingery's played a pretty decent shortstop lately as well. The more reps he's getting there, he's starting to look more comfortable and confident there. There was the play tonight that bugged me, and you as well, with Hoskins, where he dove for the Trey Turner ball. And and first of all, probably should have been able to get closer to catching it, but then just lays there, and it took Herrera, uh, it seemed like forever to get over there, but... 
neither here nor there from an offensive perspective with those three guys as the the crux of it and we'll get into coming up in a minute some of the names a couple names floated this week in in trade rumors as you mentioned trading for a bullpen piece a a uh, couple third basemen mentioned this week. We'll get to that in a second. But without the addition of a tree, how confident do you feel about the offense with Hoskins, O'Double, and Santana fronting it? Yeah, I think the first four is one of the toughest in the whole in the whole league. I mean, it just is. I mean, it's it's guys who grind and work at bats and, and will will grind you down. I mean, the Phillies this, this weekend, what was it like? I saw something like two hundred some pitches in one in like in the first two games or something. They're, they're grinding down guys, and that starts at the top with Cesar, who's amazing. Uh, Reese, Reese is just locked in on everything. He's finally getting like that launch angle back to where it was, and he, he's, he, he's just back to being fully Reese. Obviously, a duble's hot as anything. Um, <clears throat> just those guys being... The, obviously, the, the, the swoon that killed this team and had everyone feeling so bad about this team directly coincided with Reese and Oduble being as bad as they were. So now that they're back, it's just a way more competent offense. Carlos Santana has been one of the best hitters in baseball since, uh, since May 4th. Um, it's, it's a really, really good one through four, and, and it ca- it's a catalyst for the whole the entire lineup. Yeah, After our, that, it's just like, ah. Yeah, well, that's the issue, right? Look, Nick Williams has uh, another monster home run tonight, has been better, certainly better than Aaron Altair, I think, right now. We both... Even yeah. you, the biggest Aaron Altair fan out there, can agree on that. But, yeah. but all right, let, let's talk about the name then because there were a couple interesting names brought up this week at third base as potential trade options. John Morosi brought up the one that I found most interesting, uh, Adrian Beltre, the name mentioned. I know that Josh Donaldson's been mentioned, Manny Machado, yeah. Mike Moustakis, but I think Adrian Beltre, the name that stands out to me is the one that would cost the least but could have a profound effect as a rental on what this team could be this season, what do you think about the potential for the Phillies to go out and bring in a guy like Adrian Beltre? I think Beltre changes everything. I really do. And I think it just makes them a more complete offense. And I think it it, it kind of raises their ceiling, ceiling a little bit. If you go out and you get Beltre and you get a, a legit back-of-the-bullpen guy that can help you, um, whether it, it doesn't even have to be like a, a big name like Brad Hand or – or Zach Britton, who's been like pretty bad since he's gotten back. He's been really bad. Uh, which maybe you can get him on the cheap. That'd be interesting. Uh, I think Beltre is a, a really intriguing option, especially for a young team heading into its first playoff run uh, in six years. Um, so having bringing in a Beltre just changes the whole dynamic. I think just from the from the experience, these guys would be like, "Wow, that's Adrian freaking Beltre!" Like it kind of just raises your level of awareness, in my opinion. Um, and why not have Adrian Beltre and his Hall of Fame and very, very underrated career here in Philly? I have, on the, on the contrary, I have no interest in Josh Donaldson. I think Josh I Donaldson don't either. Yeah, I, I, he, oh, uh, Josh Donaldson, the funny thing is, is he's significantly younger than Adrian Beltre, and I have far more worry about Josh Donaldson getting hurt than I do Adrian Beltre. And Beltre, you know, he'll have some nicks and stuff, but has played great since coming back from the DL. And I'm with you. I think he brings a veteran cachet and leadership that Josh Donaldson doesn't. He is an absolute Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like you said, probably the most underrated player of the last 20 years. Just a a one of the best defensive third basemen in the history of the game. A, uh, what, 3,500 guy. He is an awesome, awesome, 
awesome baseball player. And like you said, I think someone who, once he steps in that locker room, kind of has that effect that we talked about Jake Arrieta having of someone who's just got a gravitas and that, and, and at a much higher level, even than Arietta, a guy who can kind of walk in and, and just command respect, but also a guy who's going to give you, you know, brilliant defense and a legit bat. He's batting 322 right now. The man can hit still. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think Beltre really changes the culture of the team and changes the, uh, you know, they're kind of where they stand in the pecking order. But as it is now, we'll see how that kind of plays out. I also agree with you. I think looking for a bullpen piece is, is paramount as they, no matter what they do, this bullpen is just not good enough. You know what? It's not good enough for us just to watch every day. I can't handle it. I can't do this. I need some people I can count on. And like you mentioned, Dominguez is a kid. They're already working him way too hard. They they need to find someone else who can handle some of these high leverage spots. There is yeah. just too much on him. And and I like a Dubrai as well, but um, they are just really lacking guys you can count on this pen. Yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to balance the short term versus the long term, right? So obviously short term Go get Beltre. Go get a bullpen piece. But even if you get those guys, I'm not sure it's a it's a real World Series caliber team. No, it's, it's not. not. Obviously not. But no. like, is it really smart to give up things for an expiring? Well, that, that's what it is. It's 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 what those things are. Obviously, I I think that for a guy like Beltre, I, I don't think he's going to cost that much. I think look, this this farm system has a ton of quantity. You know, they they have guys that they can move B level, C level type guys. Who would be worth it, I think, in certain situations. But I agree with you. And I think that, and look, Klentak has said that, right? He said, uh, you know, we have to, we're not opposed to renting someone, but we're not going to mortgage our future to do it. And I think that's absolutely what they should do. You know, it's not about this season. It's about 2019 and beyond. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to balance right now. Like, Beltre would be great, but I don't know. Like, is, 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 is making the division round... It's worth it. It's worth it. It's all worth it. Oh, it's it. worth it. This team but, hasn't been in the playoffs since 2011. Think about those reps, the excitement, the potential to to lure free agents this next offseason. There's there's a lot of soft values to it as well. And may and maybe maybe if you strike out on Machado, you you, you throw a little deal at Beltre and it keeps you afloat for next year and you're not walking into next year with like Crawford and Kingery again playing shortstop and third base. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you 100%. Um, all right, we got a big, 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 big week of baseball coming up here. As, again, this Phillies team now sitting at, what, 41 and 34, seven games above 500, heading into a seven-game week, three against the Yankees, four against this Nationals team that they took two of three from. And, again, should have swept. Still pissed off about the non-sweep, but... It, it like it throws a whole damper on the whole. Week it does. It was just a bummer, especially because <laughs> I think if it had happened at four o'clock this afternoon, we all would have been like, "All right, well," and we would have gotten over it. But I think it's the fact that we all stayed up till twelve, whatever, at night, and are and staying up and recording podcasts after. And I could have been asleep. I wanted to be asleep like three hours ago, and now I'm I'm talking about this loss when it would have felt so much better to talk about a win. But we're putting it behind us, Jack. They've won four straight series. We can't be upset right now, but. Two huge series coming up, especially this first one here, is as you've got a Yankees team coming to town sitting at 50 and 25, the best record percentage-wise in the sport right now. 
Um, you you kind of luck out in the sense that you only get Luis Severino and you don't get any other starters you're too worried about. But having said that, you also have to face Luis Severino. So what's your take on uh, uh, the three starters they're facing? Uh, you know, Jonathan Loaja and, uh, and of course, Luis Severino, the stud, and then Luis Sessa kind of an also ran as well. Yeah, uh, I would be lying if I said I wasn't excited to watch Luis Severino. Obviously, the Phillies are playing playing the Yankees, but I'm still ex- insanely excited to watch Luis Severino. I'm a pitching nerd, so when I see Luis Severino, I get very excited, no matter who he's p- pitching against. And again, like, Arietta gets all these great matchups. He's facing Severino. He's already faced, what, Granky, uh, Scherzer. Scherzer, all these other former NL Cy Young winners. It's just crazy. Um but yeah, they they miss out on some guns. Um, I like. I've been intrigued by Jonathan Louise, whatever his name is, Loaiza or Robert yeah. Loja, Esteban Loaiza. That's yes, sure. Do you, I, I don't know if we want to talk about it. Didn't he get like caught for some drug trafficking ring Major. or something? Well, speaking yeah. of drug trafficking, I mean, Hanley Ramirez is now not true. It's not true. Stop <laughs> spreading false rumors and all that, Fritz. You're better than that. I didn't read anything about it. I just thought it was funny. I'm a headline reader. You know I don't read. I know. Well, well, it has come out that that they were lying, and it's not true. Hanley was not a part of anything. So. Man, that's so disappointing. I, my version of Hanley Ramirez hasn't been signed because he was a kid. <laughs> oh gosh! All right, as you were <laughs> um, saying, okay. Jonathan so, Lasagna. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually like him. He's got a really good curveball. Yeah, and, he's um, got I'm, stuff. I watched him pitch. He didn't have a great outing against the Rays the other day. He went three and two thirds, but. He had like six strikeouts in that time, and he, you could tell he has stuff. He just seems to have trouble with his control, at least from what I saw. James, like, James, this is the big leagues. Like, this this, this first three games of this series, it's like, how far away? This is like when the Sixers played against, like, the, the Clippers for the, in the whole process era, where it was like, oh, so that's how far away we are. And I'm very interested to see how close... This Phillies team plays this Yankees team because I think it's a I think it's a really really big series from that perspective. Like if they come out and they are they are neck and neck with this Yankees team, like how do you not go get a legit bullpen piece or Adrian Beltre? Like I think it's that much of a of a series de- or season defining series. Wow, like, dude, if you go toe to toe with the Yankees, like this offense. Now I'm already have I'm sw- already sweating bullets about Vince Velasquez facing Aaron Judge. And and, and uh, Giancarlo San, like they I, do, they, yeah, they caught a break. No Gary Sanchez, so that's good news. Uh, yeah, I guess bad news gonna, for my fantasy team. Good news for the Phillies. They're just not going to catch him. He, no, no, he's hurt. He's going to no, go on the DL apparently. A, a hip groin injury. They're saying likely to the DL according to Aaron Boone. So they will miss yeah. Gary Sanchez. So again, bad for my fantasy team. Bad for Gary Sanchez. Bad for the Yankees. Good for the Phillies these next three days. Oh, for sure, for sure. So I think it's a, I think it's a really important like, like measuring you, stick kind of series. Yeah, yeah. The Yankees are a measuring stick. They're the best. They're the best team in baseball. They have a a, a a dynamite bullpen, a dynamite mostly starting staff with Severino, and the offense is just insane. Like, and and the atmosphere should be great. I mean, there should be thirty-five to forty thousand every single night. It's going to be Yankees fans, but I still think the atmosphere is going to be important. Show me you're a good team. Show me you're a good team. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, and I, and I think you could argue that taking uh, you know two of three from the Brewers, the Cardinals, and the Nationals shows that they're a pretty good team. But I'm with you. This is a a step up when you look at 
the the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros, I think unequivocally the three best teams in baseball right now. And the Yankees probably tops. I think, you know, them and the Astros. The Astros still hold the belt, obviously, but the Yankees have been playing better than anybody. Like you mentioned it too, um, you know, Severino, people will see on Tuesday night, Luis Severino and how nasty this dude is. If you haven't seen him pitch, wow. I mean, he's yeah. he's just awesome. But I think that the big strengths for this team, obviously that bullpen, Araldis at the back end, Dellen Batances is back to being Dellen Batances. Check out his numbers for the last month and a half, two months. He has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. If not the best, the numbers have been pretty sick over the last couple months, month and a half. And then Chad Gregan, a nice arm in the pen. Dave Robertson really stacked out there in the bullpen. And then obviously offensively, you know, you think about Judge and Stanton, but, but that, I mean, they've got like a, a infield of guys who no one expects it. And then, you know, all of them have a thousand, like Glabar Torres, Didi Gregorius, Miguel Anduar is, is been a fantasy gold pickup for anyone who picked him up. Cause all that guy does is hit home runs. It's unbelievable. There, there are no outs in this Yankees lineup, Jack, no easy outs. Yeah. And listen, I'm very afraid. Like I have been thinking about this Yankee series for like two weeks. Um, and I haven't been able to sleep that well, but I'm excited because I, I think this is like one of those series where it's like, how far away is this team? Because if they come out and compete, like maybe you do put in a lot of chips and go get Brad Hand. Like I, I don't hate trading for guys that can help now and help in the future. Like Brad Hand can be your closer for the next three years and then let Sir Anthony be the floater and whatnot. And if you show you can compete against the Yankees with the staff overachieving and, and the offense coming back into form, I don't know, man. I'm pretty excited. I, now, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm also nervous at the same time. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. It's, uh, it's look, it's a big series. It's a big week of baseballs then for hosting the Nationals here as well. And I just said in the month of June, I said tread water and, you know, don't come out of June around 500 and I'll be happy. And this team has found a way to do much more than that. And I have to be really, uh, I'm, I'm really impressed and I can't be anything but happy with how they've played as of late. But I certainly agree with you in the sense that this Yankees team is, is another level and it's a big spot for this Phillies team, especially playing good baseball, coming off four straight series wins it's a big spot to take on this team, to face a guy like Severino at home, to, like you said, have that atmosphere be palpable and there be some excitement there. And uh, I- I'm with you. I'm excited to see how the Phillies respond to this challenge, especially, again, at home with some potential for some big crowds. And, um, and I, you know, look, like you said, it- it's going to be uh, – it's just fun to see the Yankees and the Phillies play. Uh, it's always a fun thing, even though – Maybe not the biggest interleague play fan, but this is certainly fun. Jack, uh, any final thoughts before we kind of get on our way here? A shorter pod today is because everyone knows I'm incredibly tired and I need to go to bed. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I got, I got, I got, I got a final thought. That's yeah, just, you always have a final I'm thought. Very, a t- as as Jack likes to say, a takesman's got to take. Takesman's got to take, and I tell you what, I respect the takes, but what I don't like is treating the Phillies like the like the Eagles. And the bullpen blew it tonight. I get it. But, like, holy crap, guys. They've they've won four straight series against teams that are vying for the playoffs. Like, can we just take a step back and, like, for five seconds? I understand they just blew the game. I understand it was just the bullpen that just did it. But, like, can we just just give this team, like, a, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt? They're still young. They had a horrible night when it came to the bullpen late in the game. But, like, 
man, am I just seeing like the freak out on Twitter. Now, on, on one hand, I'm happy because I'm happy. Because people talk, care. We can talk Phillies again. Like we can talk yeah. Phillies again. And it's oh, actually yeah. exciting. And there's actual like you can break down like why did Kapler do that? Why did he not do that? But like, holy crap. They, they, this team is fun. They are good. They had a bad night. I'm sorry, but they took they took they've taken four straight series. Calm down. Yeah, I I don't think I could say it any better my, better myself. They're a team that is resilient as well. A first year manager who seems to be learning on the fly and making smart decisions James, more James, often than not. James, every time that every time that we have said like they're a young like th- that they would get blown out and be like oh well here comes the huge swoon. They've responded to that. I know. As the it's been my rallying cry. I, I I can't believe how resilient they are. That's why I feel like you have to give Kapler a lot of credit for building that kind of culture there. And uh, it's just, I, I'm with you, man. I've been really impressed. And I love the idea of Brad Hand, not only because he's just a really good pitcher who uh, has the the confidence and, and the the kind of what, what it takes to close out games, but... He also would give this team a left-handed reliever who can get outs, huh, and that's huh. something that, nice. <laughs> that, that they really don't have sure much of. Sure can use one of those. Yeah, so I really, freaking Davis against uh, Bryce Harper I, in the I'm, sixth inning? I'm with you, man. And, and Harper what did what doing? he does. And and Harper was fun to watch, man. He gets fired up. Uh, he's he's exciting. I, I really would have no problem if he's affiliate at the end of the season. Um, all right. He's also uh, back. Yeah. Fritzy. He's back. He's back, and uh, and hopefully a big week this week. We'll be back on. We'll be back after the Yankees series to lead you into the National Series for sure. This week we'll make it work somehow, some way, as we always do. And uh, I apologize for the shorter episode tonight, but I got to go to bed. And I didn't even want to record at all, but I did it because I love all of you listeners because you're all the best, <laughs> and because you know I like Jack too. So, all right. Yeah, the, uh, can I say one thing? I know you have to go to bed, but the high hopes listeners are like so much smarter than your average baseball fans. I very much appreciate it. I like interacting with you folks. Yeah, I agree with that. Jack is hundred percent correct, and and as a result, uh, rate and review the podcast because it will make Jack really happy, and he'll give everyone else really nice compliments as well. All right. So for <laughs> Fritz, for the uh, on vacation, John Marks. I'm James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to another edition of High Hopes. Go beat the Yankees.